0: two there it is all right welcome back happy monday everybody today we have a very special guest someone who is very positive so we're gonna have a lot of fun let's get ready to rock and roll practicing polyamory real-life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. all right there it is welcome back to another fun episode before we jump into the show just want to quickly ask everybody who's listening or watching to please head over to youtube do a search for practicing polyamory podcast and hit that subscribe button i really want to get to 100 uh, subscribers basically by the end of this week because this is the last week of february already so uh if you could help me reach that goal i would really really appreciate that love you for it uh you guys would all rock my socks um Also, be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, at PracticingPolly A. Uh, And you know what? I'm just going to roll with it from here. there we go brain fart that's okay it happens all right <laughs> ladies and gentle them let's just get right into the show today's guest is a five-year practitioner of this polyamorous life and naturally they're most fond of spending time with their people over the course of their polyam journey our guest has learned that just like in monogamous relationships it takes just the right person with whom we can find a loving partnership in other words, just because we're able to take on more partners doesn't mean that every polyamorous person out there is a good fit. Everyone practices polyamory a bit differently, and we each need to find partners that are compatible with our polyam style. I'm excited to dive deep into today's polyam discussion with our awesome guest, writer, gamer, kingster guest. Welcome to the show, Kimani Nakamura. <laughs> So I I write my intros out, and I wrote guest twice, so I just, you know, flubbed it. But hey, welcome to the show, Kamani. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's truly a pleasure. So you have been practicing polyamory for five years. Um, Let's just go with the origin story. Where did you hear of it first? Is this something that you were always... Like, have you always been polyamorous or did you like figure it out later on in life?
1: So I identify being polyamorous, but I didn't hear about it until I um, actually slept with my first polyamorous partner. And so it was a, it was a funny coincidence that almost like from him acknowledging that he was polyamorous and saying, yeah, me and my wife were open. We're okay with this. I then looked inside myself and was like, I think, I think I'm polyamorous too. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things.
0: I wasn't aware that was something a person could do.
1: Exactly. And I love
0: Hamilton. (laughs) It's the best. I'm kind of obsessed. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so thank you, King George. Yeah, it's uh, definitely one of those things that, that struck me and kind of the same story. No, not, not really the same story. It wasn't my first, you know relationship it was my first marriage my only marriage so far but yeah it just kind of opened up the doors and it's like this actually makes sense um so what was the journey like you know the first year or two um what what were some of your like pitfalls what were some of the mistakes that you made some of those like oh i really messed up there
1: Oh, yeah. The first year, too, is like basically the trial by fire time for a lot of polyamory. (laughs) So I'm sure this will resonate with quite a few viewers, but um, jealousy, jealousy Mm -hmm. and how uh, once you start practicing polyamory, you kind of differentiate between jealousy and envy. You know, the wanting to have what you want, but also but like jealousy is wanting to have what someone else has and they can't get You know, Mm -hmm. so so me and my partner, when we started out, my polyamorous, my first polyamorous partner, um, we had some pitfalls around jealousy, especially since I'm I'd identified as kink right away. Mm -hmm. He didn't. So there was a lot of jealousy there because he didn't know the lifestyle and I was discovering the lifestyle. So he had a lot of jealousy about um, about, well, I can't do this with them. So right. I feel jealous. And I don't know if I'm okay with this. Um, but we navigated that uh, pretty well. I think we, we got through that. And yes. we started off with a few rules that mm-hmm. were a little bit more encompassing than just like have safe sex. And then if you don't, I, I'll... I'll do i'll handle me and use protection it's it was more controlling than that Mm -hmm. and gradually we figured out that just wasn't working (laughs) for us Yeah, it was preventing uh sometimes both of us from exploring our relationships to the best we like the most we could and so we kind of just stripped Uh, some of the rules that just weren't working. We're like, hey, we're just going to keep communicating with each other. And if we find something that's um, upsetting to us or like a boundary for us, we will individually figure out what we're going to do in that situation.
0: I love it. That's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly, Danny. Exactly. So you you mentioned these two rules and boundaries. And I know that this Mm -hmm. is something that, uh, you know, within the polyamorous community, we talk about it a lot. How would you say is the difference between rules and boundaries?
1: Uh, That's a great question. So um, I would say boundaries for me, uh, because it's so subjective but boundaries is more efficient for me if I say my personal boundary is something that I do not feel comfortable with and so I am respecting myself uh, as much as I can to respect our relationship so it's something that I have control over I'm not going to expect anybody else to change or or act different because of it, but it will affect me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, for instance, uh, safe sex, you know, if I don't feel someone in the polycule or my partner is practicing as safe as I want to, I can say, okay, well, my boundary around safe sex is that we will use protection with us. Right. You know, and if you can't, then I feel unsafe. And so we will not have sex. So this is this is kind of like um, me taking on that saying, I am not comfortable with this. I cannot participate in this. Um, And then, of course, a respectful partner, if they're respecting my boundaries, will be like, okay, I understand. And I will help you meet this boundary. Whereas a rule would be I'm not comfortable with you know what's going on with the polycule it's not safe enough for me so your meta or my you have to wear condoms with your other relationships that's rule that i feel like kind of crosses outside of personal autonomy and goes more into controlling other people's behavior And I just don't feel like those kinds of things, the rules, are Mm -hmm. are also like really strict. I feel like that's just not how relationships work. Relationships are fluid. Mm -hmm. Relationships are uh, constantly agreeing and talking with each other. So to say that this is like a rule that everyone has to follow, um, there's going to cause, it just seems like that causes more tension and conflict down the line. 60%
0: 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> Pretty much right. It happens all the time. Uh, so, you know, this is definitely something that comes up a lot. Rules, agreements, boundaries, all these things. Um to, to, promote another podcast, the multi-amory podcast, they have had multiple really good episodes on that. Uh, so for anybody listening, if you want more insight on rules, agreements and boundaries, check them out because they are uh, absolutely fantastic and, and give a really good explanation on those things. Um, but some of the rules that you were talking about that just didn't work, right? You had these rules mm-hmm. in your relationship and it wasn't working, so how did you overcome that? You said that you were guys you were uh constantly communicating, but I know in my experience, those early years it was less communicating and more fighting right like mm-hmm. the communication i mean we we did okay <laughs> you know we did pretty well we survived um but there was there was a lot of fighting so how did you overcome those things and what were some of the steps that you took to try and minimize the fighting and increase the communication
1: yeah i think that the difference between fighting and a effective communication is really important so in the beginning when you don't really know this person really well like I didn't I was getting to know my first polyamorous partner but like at the same time I was getting to know what polyamory is for me, mm-hmm. and then at you know the beginning message, right? Polyam isn't the same for everyone. Right. So I was learning what polyam is for me, what polyam is to my partner, and then what polyam is to my additional partners. <laughs> where now these these rules and the the are affecting these people. So um, so when it comes to conflict and and conflict resolution, we really had to work on acknowledging. What our polyam styles were, like, mm. where are these? What were these rules for? What were they mm. protecting us from? What was the okay. point? So my partner that was asking for um, more conservative. Uh, safe sex practices that seem to affect my relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, what is what will make you feel safe? Where is this coming from? Do you mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. trust the other people I'm with? Do you is our tests not good enough? Or where what will make you feel comfortable? And what do you want? And so um, it really helped with getting a additional perspective that I was getting partners really early on and he was getting partners later on. Mm-hmm. And so when he started having additional partners and he came into the issue of, oh, well, this work, this rule's not working for gotcha. me either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep, yep. I want to be intimate with these people. Um, then he kind of had that additional perspective of, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe this rule isn't is too strict maybe this is I don't a-
0: think it means what you think it means
1: <laughs> right <laughs> so um so it's really having the empathy to think from the other person's side you know yeah. we all want to protect ourselves we all want to be safe mm-hmm. we want to do polyam in our own way but it also takes recognizing what other people want in their relationships and where does that rule come from is it from insecurity or is it from like a genuine need do you need this to feel safe
0: that is so good so powerful i um, I, I, I like need a moment to process it. Cause it's, it's just really good. The way that you, the way that you uh, approach it, you know, it really is coming from a place of empathy, uh, you know, talking about your, your partner. And when he had that same situation, he's like, Oh, yikes. I was doing this to Kamani this whole time. Like it really kind of puts you, puts you in that other person's shoes and uh, you know, it's, it's, that's it's, not how it works. That's not how any of this works. That's right. It's not how it works. It, it's, it's different for us to have these kinds of conversations. You know, I think uh, obviously, you know, in monogamy, we're we're they're not having these kinds of conversations, or if we were ever monogamous, we weren't having these kinds of conversations. Um, but but now we're in these positions where we we do have to discuss safety and these other things and it's not just about us but like you said it's about how our partner's partners Mm -hmm. practice polyamory as well so it's like you're being empathetic not just to your partner but to the people that they're with as well how complicated can that get like (laughs) Right. Yeah. I often say that like
1: polyamory is like a relationship, just exponentially multiply, you know, every additional (laughs) partner, every additional partner in meta just makes it three times as difficult.
0: (laughs) It is so true. It's so true. Do you uh, practice kitchen table polyamory or parallel or sometimes both?
1: Mm. So I'm relationship anarchist. So it's whatever my partner and their metas are most comfortable with. I would certainly not want to uh, expect or have an obligation of a partner and their meta going into a polycule and then not have their personal boundaries respected.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I do not push kitchen table. I, as personality wise, identify with a lot of kitchen table dynamics like. Have being friends with metas, being mm-hmm. welcoming, open, honest with everyone, but I understand that that can, in itself can be intimidating for some people. They would right. rather just do their own thing and take care of their own lives and their own partners. And that's from a relationship anarchist side. I'm like, okay, you do you, you do you. I'll, <laughs> I'll do me, and we will we will go get along fine.
0: There you go, <laughs> nice and easy now. Uh, as someone who identifies as relationship anarchist, uh, I asked this before. I like to ask this question because so many people are are kind of different on this. But um, mm-hmm. how is relationship anarchy different from solo polyamory? Ooh.
1: That's a good one.
0: <laughs> I'm also solo poly. <laughs> okay. So um, you can be both, right? Why not both? We're polyamorous. You Why can, you not can both? Be both. <laughs> um, I think solo
1: polyamory is more a style of how you do polyamory, mm-hmm. whereas relationship anarchy is a is a philosophy of how you okay. do relationships in general. You can be a relationship anarchist and be monogamous, you know. Technically, uh, okay. you would just you would just be treating your friends and your lover on the same same spectrum. So got it. um but yeah so i would say that's the main thing is that relationship anarchy is more is a philosophy that can spread to all different kinds of relationship styles but solo polyamory is a type of polyamory
0: Got it got it that's a really good take i appreciate your insight on that um i i don't think that i've heard it quite put that way before so uh that's good stuff Uh, Let's see what else do we want to dive into what are some some really uh, deep conversations or some deep issues that are uh, facing us as polyamory you know one of the things that I talked about last week was uh, morality acceptance and validation Uh, this Mm -hmm. week I'm listening to a new book Um, I forget the author's name but it's called uh, so you want to talk about race. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that it starts to bring up is privilege and all these other things. Um, so and I know that we see a lot of this in just our own in, in our own communities as well. Right. There are certain groups of people within the polyamory community that are going to be more marginalized than, say, myself or or you. You know, we're able bodied. Um I'm male, right? And straight mm-hmm. and don't identify as queer or anything like that. So, you know, when it comes to acceptance and when it comes to privilege, mm-hmm. what is, what are some things that you would like to see in our community?
1: Okay. Okay. So with acceptance and privilege, I definitely see even in my, the discord that I mod positive polyamory, that people come from all walks of life um from different uh, economic backgrounds different uh, racial backgrounds different cultural backgrounds and i feel like at the end of the day it goes a long way to say i don't know enough about this issue mm. to really speak on it because a lot of people who like you say come from a place of privilege they there's that mentality of oh I know enough I can contribute to this discussion and you want to help, but the problem I find is that not enough people are acknowledging I don't really know much about racial issues I don't mm-hmm. really know much about uh, economic issues because I come from a place of privilege. Um, one of my friends on the server said, who is a a white woman said I'm just here to listen to y'all talk about racial mm. discussions. Like I am just going to be a supporter and observer because I I, I ally with this, this cause, but mm. I feel like I can't, like I don't have the uh, mentality to be able to talk about this issue. I would rather listen. And in that way, she gave a huge amount of support to people who were just trying to get this off their chest, just trying to say, Hey, you know, this makes me really frustrated about, you know, the, the racial issues in America. And then she's just like, I'm just, absorbing all of this and telling you all that I love you. And I'm like, that's gosh, awesome. that was such like, that's such a refreshing tape. Yeah. Know?
0: Absolutely. The, uh, like I said, the book that I'm listening to, it's like people in those, Spaces people in those places have the privilege have the ability to take that message to their more privileged uh, spaces right to Mm -hmm. to talk to their families about these things, to talk to, you know, their, their white co-workers and all this other stuff, and to start to break down those boundaries, break down those barriers from within their own space. So, uh, for your, for your friend to just, uh, kind of give the space to listen, that's awesome. What exactly. about acceptance as of polyamory as a whole in society? it's definitely becoming more mainstream we're seeing more uh more shows more uh representation what are some obstacles what where do you think what do you think we can do as a community to start moving that needle forward just smile and wave boys smile and wave Just smile and wave, huh? (laughs) Hey, look, everybody, here we are. right? Hi, we
1: exist. (laughs) Um, So I think, like any social movement, it starts on an individual level first. So coming out on an individual level even though people say like every coming out journey is their own journey and you don't have to come out to be poly and all that's true. uh, But the more people who come out, the more people who embrace it in their personal lives, the more friends, family hear about it, the more friends, family talk to each other about it. And I feel that that truly at the end of the day creates waves, you know, more people are proud and open about it. It happened with LGBTQ plus that um, that people were just, we're here and we're queer and we're not going anywhere, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> right? So shout out to my LGBTQ plus uh, brothers and sisters and de- themsters. I I think that that's a message that the polyamory community can take and, and hold up because we do deserve a spot in today's society and polyamory has been here for a while like it's just starting to get mainstream in the western Mm -hmm. culture but it's been here like throughout history so um so yeah i think that um being more out even if like there's a huge issue with family conservative family and friends Mm -hmm. um some negative backlash but at the end of the day we're all family you know I'm looking at the screen here to my poly family across the world. We're all family and you get to choose your family. And so even though you might lose the family you have now, I tell you, you're going to gain more family later.
0: It's very true. I There's so much support in our community uh, through all of the Facebook groups that I'm in. I'm sure in, in your Discord, uh, there's plenty of, of support as well. And uh, just a reminder, th- it's floating across the screen. Uh, we're going to link to it uh, in all of our show notes and all that stuff because it's kind of confusing to read. Discord.gg, five. D- <sighs> I'm not even going to try. Anyway, 5WHE. <laughs> it's, w- H- yeah. Yeah, it's
1: better to just Google positive polyamory Discord. You'll be able to get it.
0: <laughs> there you go. So do a Google search for positive polyamory Discord, and uh, you'll find all that good stuff. But yeah, there really is so much, um, so much support, so much positivity, so much family. Like you're saying, um, are there any struggles? And this might might sound like a pointed question, and forgive me because I'm I'm just an uneducated noob, and you know, trying to get to some some root issues here. Are there any challenges? for you as uh, a queer person that stand out more or things that you face more in even the polyamory community that maybe someone with you know straight privilege here wouldn't necessarily experience
1: yeah there are a lot of issues that try to be gender uh what is the word uh gender polarized Mm -hmm. like -hmm. there's a huge debate in the dating scheme of polyamory if guys or women you know men or women have it worse right Mm -hmm. and it's a common debate
0: but as a queer
1: person i'm like okay i appear female i appear as a woman but i'm not i don't really identify with either gender and i'm pansexual so i date whatever gender and so there's just this tendency, I think, in the including in the polyamory community, to genderize issues that aren't necessarily genderized. Like dating sucks for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Let's true. be honest. The That's queer true. people too can't handle the truth. <laughs> queer people too. And sometimes queer people more, because I also speak for my binary trans folks, the uh, pals that I know, that it's Dating is hard, <laughs> like, yeah. dating is hard across the board, mm-hmm. and sometimes, um, when you have a discussion that's polarized like that like, do women and more men have it more? It cuts out the voice for the queer voice, you know. Like, I can't say, Well, as a woman, I have it. Like, I'm not a woman, I appear as a woman, but I'm agendered you know mm-hmm. and that has its own challenges i have to find partners that are okay with that that accept right. that, that that acknowledge it and understand it and that's its own challenge
0: acknowledge it understand it respect it love mm-hmm. love you for it i mean there's there's exactly, definitely exactly. yeah there's definitely a a I don't want to say learning curve, but, but a a curves, there's, there's something there that, uh, -hmm. you know, definitely changes things. When we're talking about, you know, heteronormativity, you know, man and woman, that's like what everybody sees, what everybody expects quote unquote, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and what's been basically taught to us over, over generations. But now, you know, in just the past, what, 20 years maybe that, uh, that it's been really been pushed that, you know, it's not just male and female, um, here in California, I want to say in 2019, um, the, I'm, I'm an insurance guy. And so this kind of blew my mind a little bit because I was, uh, at this time, you know, a couple of years into my polyamory journey, I was, uh, at a, um, I was at a gay bar every Thursday night for karaoke, you know, and so mm-hmm. this was like my first um, introduction, I guess. This was like like my first time being part of the, or being around the LGBTQ community as as deeply as I was. So there was just a lot of things going on in my head and things that I was learning. And it was in 2019 that in California, um, there was no longer a price difference for male versus female drivers and they added non-binary as an option so these are all (laughs) right so these are all like new things uh, or newer things that society is just starting to come to terms with and i think polyamory is kind of on that scale where it's not it hasn't been taught it. It's, you know, like King George said, I didn't, I wasn't aware that was something a person could do, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so we were all getting into this knowledge and getting into, into uh, society, making our way into society and becoming more known. What was it that inspired you to start your discord and want to be on this podcast?
1: Oh, um, I wasn't the creator of the Discord. I joined okay. after it was created. Um, but I decided to mod it because community is really important to me. And if you hadn't figured it out, I, I'm very enthusiastic about making people feel welcome and mm-hmm. accepted and respected. Ah, so I, I love building that like I love being part of building that space. And I know the other moderators on there are all that is also a huge drive of theirs is to create a community wherever you can find it, where people can feel
0: safe. And I'm um, sorry, what was the second part of that question? Um what was it that that inspired you to be on the podcast today?
1: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. so I saw the post on Facebook, and mm. I had, like I said, I had always or before the show. I said that I had always hurt, listened to podcasts on polyamory like multi-amory i've listened Mm -hmm. to that podcast and your message of we want to talk to people who like in their daily lives what how do they practice practice polyamory and i'm like that's definitely something i can get behind like i don't i want something a little bit more tailored to the individual experience like i said polyam we're all different you know my polyamory, how I practice it, and experience different than all of the viewers' polyamory or yep. knowledge of polyamory. And so I really thought that that your guys' message and your your platform catered a lot to that philosophy.
0: I, I sure hope so. It is. Uh, thank you for for that. Uh, that that is my goal. You know, it's to bring. Our community together to get people you know talking about our experiences many of many of which are shared experiences um and like you said to get to the, to the heart of everyday polyamory as opposed to you know i don't know prepared statements i guess <laughs> well it's certainly more enjoyable than my average day that's right <laughs> All right, Kimani. Uh, one more time. Uh, could you tell us how uh, people can find the positive polyamory Discord uh, and any other resources that you might want to share?
1: Um. So there are a lot of great Facebook. Uh, polyamory groups that I definitely would promote if I could list all of them by memory. So, But there's a community out there. As for my personal community, just Google positive polyamory discord or search on disboard, the discord uh, board site for all of the discords available and search polyamory will be right up there. Positive polyamory. It's a rainbow um, heart with infinity symbol right now as our discord symbol and we're super welcoming of LGBTQ+, plus Kingsters, anybody from all walks of life. We're like a family-oriented server. We're not huge, like hundreds of people, but who knows after this, right? So we're trying <laughs> to um, develop like a niche where we all feel close, we all feel welcome and accepted, and we're all not afraid to be uh, outgoing and poly.
0: Very cool. Thank you so much, Kamani, for spending some time with us. Uh, and also a huge thank you to our live audience for tuning in today. I uh, had a couple of comments here today, so thank you to uh, Fussy Boy and Angela. Thanks for tuning in and dropping some comments. Um, as a reminder for everybody out there, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same cannot be said for the podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us Monday through Wednesday. Live at 2 30 Pacific, or sign up for Patreon, where you'll not only get access to our commercial free RSS, but also Patreon only content like reaction videos, QA with our upcoming professional guests. So, thank you again, Kamani, and thank you again to our audience for tuning in hanging out with us today. As always, please.
1: Have a nice day.